Jesus. Amen. You may be seated in the presence of the Lord. Thank you for being in the house today. Let's give our worship team a God bless you this morning. Amen. Worship is so vital to the move of the Spirit. It's so important. It's so critical. It's not something we just add to, but it is a part of the word of the Lord. The Bible says that the man of God declared that, you, that I can't even speak a prophetic word until I have a minstrel, I have an anointed musician. Amen. And so it was in that atmosphere that was created through worship that the gifts of the Spirit began to flow. And so we know today that our worship is vitally important. Amen. Praise God. I want you to go with me today into Matthew chapter 8. I want to look at verses 5 through 10. Matthew chapter 8, verses 5 through 10. It says there, Now when Jesus had entered Capernaum, a centurion came to him, pleading uh, with him, saying, Lord, my servant is lying at home paralyzed and dreadfully tormented. And Jesus said to him, I will come and heal him. And the centurion answered and said, Lord, I am not worthy that you would come under my roof, but only speak a word. But only speak a word. One word. And my servant will be healed. For I am a man under authority, having soldiers under me, and I say to this one, go, and he goes. I say to another, come, and he comes, and to my servant, do this, and he does it. And when Jesus heard this, he marveled and said to those who followed, Surely I say unto you, I have not found such great faith, not even in Israel. Amen. Then I want to read a couple of verses in Job, Job chapter 22, verse 27 and 28. He said, you will make your prayer to him and he will hear you and you will pay your vows. And you will also declare a thing, and it will be established for you. So light will shine on your ways. Amen. So you shall declare a thing, and it shall be established for you. And so, this week I was studying and preparing for Wednesday evening, and the Lord began to speak to me about some things concerning this message, which I entitled, Say Something. Say Something. It's not that I don't have anything else to say but, or to speak. I've got a lot of things that I want to get to, but there's something stirring in me. And even uh, through uh, the process of even past Wednesday and studying this, I've seen a direct connection to even what was talking about whenever we talked about miracle in the valley because it was the miracle in the valley was whenever they began to speak, they began to say a thing 
that caused it, the, the bones to come together, right? And so there has to be a saying of something. You have to declare something. You have to decree something. In fact, the kingdom of God, nothing moves until something is said. In the kingdom of God, nothing moves until something is said. It is in the saying of a thing that makes things move. Sometimes we get caught up in thinking we have to do. But God never called us human doers. He called us human beings. We are his and we are already in his, in his likeness and his image and his reflection. And so it isn't so much in the doing, but it is in the being. Being like Christ, right? And then being in like him, then we begin to do what he does. And so the kingdom of God moves whenever we begin to say something. Sometimes we get caught up in this thinking that we have to do a thing. We have to do this. We've got to do that. We've got, to, we've got to, to accomplish something for God to do something. But the reality of it is, is things begin to move when we begin to speak. Amen. God created the world to function according to what you say. Everything is set up in the earth in, in accordance to us saying something. Adam didn't rule the garden because he was the smartest. He didn't rule the garden because he was the biggest. He didn't rule the garden because he was the greatest of them all. But he ruled the garden because he was able to have the power to speak. He had the ability to say something. And so it was his speech that caused him to, to be able to declare what everything else in the garden would do, right? And so it is today that he, God has given us the authority and everything in the kingdom starts moving when someone says something. In the beginning, God said and things started moving. In the beginning, God said, let there be light, and there was light. He said, let there be the sea, and there was the sea. Let there be a dry ground, and there was dry ground. He said, let the sun rule by day and the moon to rule by night. And so everything that he created, he created to function and to move at the voice of humanity, mankind. Amen. And so that we know that whenever that we, we know that whenever God's people were in trouble, that that they was in the midst of a battle and in the midst of the battle. What did the man of God do? He did the unthinkable. He commanded the sun to stand still. And the sun obeyed his voice. Amen. Now, I know that we don't go around declaring and decreeing, you know, people get off on, on silly stuff. And, and, but you, you got to understand that you can't just say anything. But whenever God puts something in your heart, when you feel that God has put something in your spirit, when it, what God releases to you will line up with his word, huh? 
And I, and, and I believe that we would understand that. But just to, to clarify that, we don't just go around saying whatever we want to say, but we declare what God has already said to us. And that's what Adam did. And that's what God began to do. He released a form of communication that when he began to speak, he began to, to do a thing. And so when he was speaking in creation, it was not for communication, but it was for creation. And so nobody was there to hear what God said, but God still spoke. I know they may, you know, you, you do it too much and they may try to lock you up for it. But sometimes you just got to say something when nobody else is around. Sometimes you just got to declare some things and say some things when there isn't nobody to hear it because you're not saying it for somebody to hear it. You're saying something, a word to create a thing or to move a thing, right? In the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word was God. Amen. It was the voice of God. It was the word of God. It was, and, and, the, and John tells us that it was, it was God, Jesus, manifest in the flesh, right? And, and he is the word of God. So Jesus is the word. He's the release of heaven into the earth to speak and to declare what he desires to do in the earth. And so Jesus is referred to as the word of God. So what he said on the earth was the word of God manifest in the flesh. Amen. Amen. And everything moved when Jesus said something. Amen. Amen. What I want to say to you today is, is the reason that we do not see the miraculous is because we don't speak to the miraculous. We don't say a thing. Because you see, we have to be people that speak. God never created us to be a deaf and a dumb church. Huh? He created us that we could hear the sounds of heaven. And we could speak it into the earth. You know why it took Jesus so long? Have you ever noticed how big the Old Testament is versus the New Testament? I submit to you it was because it took so long and it took so much is because he was looking for someone to come into agreement with what he wanted to do in the earth. Amen. He had, a, he had kings, he had priests, he had prophets, he had all of these, and they would, they would understand parts but not the whole. And no one would release. But now he finds somebody that will begin to declare what Jesus is, that he is the Messiah, that he is the Son of God, and he gets someone in the earth in agreement with what's going on in the heavens. And when he finds someone to agree in the earth with what is going on in the heavens, there is a release of Jesus in the fullness of time. God was sent forth his son full of grace, right? And so he releases him in a time when people begin to declare, behold the Lamb of God, right? He declares that he, who he is and, and people didn't even know who he was. You know the story. You read the story. All of these religious people would say and talk about the Messiah coming, but now he comes and nobody even knows 
knows who he is because he doesn't come riding a white stallion. He doesn't come in glory. He doesn't come with all of the fine things that people were looking for, but he comes as a word. He comes as a voice of one. Amen. After that one crying in the wilderness, prepare ye the way. John was not the way, but he was preparing the way for the one that was to come, right? And that voice would be heard. And when that voice was heard, everything that heard his voice had to obey his voice. And if it wasn't lined up with his voice, it had to shift. It had to shift. And so today he was teaching us a thing that we have to say something. We have to say something. Now, I was raised up in the church. Huh? I was raised up in the church. And uh, I've been pastoring 35 years. I've been preaching over 35 years now. And, and, and so I've seen some things shift in the church. Some, some things needed to go and other things went that we should have held on to. And one of the things we should have held on to is somebody saying something. Because the church has become so quiet. Huh? The church has become so quiet, you can hear a mouse tap dancing on cotton in Pentecostal churches. Nobody's saying anything. Huh? Every once in a while, you may hear a yes, you may hear an amen, you may hear a clap, but, but not near enough. You know why? Because culture got a hold of us. And we believed the culture that said it's emotionalism. Well, let me ask you something. Did not God call, create you to be emotional? Huh? If you feel pain, does it not make you cry? If you hit your finger with a hammer, do you say, well, looky there. That poor little finger. I'll have to watch that from now on. Nah, come on. Huh? God created you with emotions. God himself has emotions. For you to be emotionless, there is something wrong. Amen. But we, we bought into the culture whereby that we, it, it, you just got emotional and you, you got these emotions. Well, well. Yeah, because God created us with emotions. He created us and so that we could feel joy. That we could feel sorrow. That we could feel these emotions so that we could relate what we're feeling inside. Amen. With a testimony or with a word. 
but we have allowed that to become the, a part of our society and our culture where the people no longer say anything even in the house of God. But watch this. I, I, I know that you're not saying anything out there if we can't say nothing up in here. If we're quiet in here, sure enough, we ain't going to say nothing out there. Come on, somebody. We're not going to say nothing at the marketplace. We're not going to say nothing at work. We're not going to say nothing at school. We're going to keep quiet and we're going to keep our mouths shut when all of hell is busting loose and all the turmoil is raging around about us. If we can't say nothing up in the house of God in a safe zone, we're sure enough not going to say nothing when the enemy comes in like a flood. But I want to declare to you today, it's time for us to begin to say something again. It's time for us to begin to declare the word of the Lord. If you are Ezekiel in a valley full of dry bones, you've got to learn how to speak. And if you'll speak, those bones will come together and hear the word of the Lord and rise up an exceedingly great army. Amen. If you're standing in front of that mountain and you say to the mountain, move, the mountain has got to get up and be cast into the sea. Glory to God. I want to tell you today that we've got to say a thing. There's to be, there has to be a word in your mouth that says what God is saying about your situation. Amen. And if you will say what God is saying, then it will come to pass. Let the weak say, I am strong. Let the poor say, I am rich. What are you doing? You're declaring not what is going on around you. You're declaring declaring the promise of God that is over you and God will bring it to pass if you'll just say it. Amen. When we understand the power of a decree, everything in your world has to move when you say something. Amen. When you say something, not when you cry about it. Not when you complain about it. When you say something about it. Put the word of God in your mouth. And when it releases from your mouth and you begin to speak it, you speak it not just to, just, just to, to in a whisper, but you speak it to the north and to the south and to the east and the west. And you, you begin to declare the word of the Lord. And when you declare it, everything in your life has to move. Amen. Many studies have been done about the power of words. Right? Many studies have been done about the power of words. And they, they, you know the old saying, sticks and stones may break my bones, but words will never hurt me. Right? Yeah. Well, that's a good little poem, but it's stupid. Amen. You can beat me with a stick and it'll hurt temporarily but you can say something to me and it don't just hurt me or affect me now it gets down in my soul it attaches itself to who I am huh and begins to and begins to work in me not just now but in my future 
It gets in your psychic. It gets in your spirit. It gets in your soul. And, and, and so you can't, you can't be, uh, people cannot speak over your life things and it not affect you. Unless you counteract it. Amen. Unless you counteract it. People can't go around calling you dumb and you not uh, later on affecting you to the place that you think you're dumb. Huh? If your parents tell you that, if you go to school and they say, quit acting dumb, Johnny. Huh? And then they go and you begin to believe what's been set into you. And so now you think you're dumb so you can't get that job. You're too dumb to be successful at school. You're too dumb to do a thing. Because why? It has been spoken over you and there hasn't been any repercussion. There hasn't been anything counteracting that. But you've got to get a word of the Lord upon it. Amen. And you've got to begin to speak to that thing and say, even though you may say it about me, I know that it's not true. In other words, what people have spoken about you, it, 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 it doesn't matter near as much as what it does of what you're saying about you. Because people can tell me what they think about me. But it doesn't affect me near as much as what I say about me. Huh? If I believe into it and I begin to speak it, Proverbs says this. He said, you're snared by the words of your own mouth. And so when you begin to speak, when you come into agreement with what has been spoken over you and you begin to speak it from your mouth, yes, what they have said has attached itself to you. Yes, it has created an atmosphere for you to think a certain way. But the moment you agree with that thing and you begin to speak it from your mouth, you are snared by those words. We must come to an understanding it's not what others say but it is that counts but it's what we have said about ourselves. Amen? You cannot come into agreement with what other thing, the, the negative things that people have said about your life. Neither can you come into agreement with what is going on around your life and then expect there to be different results. Amen? Whenever you, when those things come, you cannot come into agreement with it, amen, and then when it comes to, it comes to fruition, when it comes to pass, you think, well, God didn't do it. No, just so God we didn't can be put land. Dominion or authority over everything on the earth. It belongs to you. Huh? But watch this. Adam in his foolishness relinquishes it to the devil. But Pete, that's where people stop. They say, well, he gave it to the devil. But I want to tell you that was the first Adam, but the last Adam. He didn't say the second Adam, the last Adam, which is Jesus Christ, came and undid, overdid, and conquered everything that Adam messed up. The first Adam messed up. Jesus got it back. 
Amen. In that garden that day when he went to the garden, he got victory over everything that Adam lost. Now he has divine authority and he stands up and says this, Behold, I give unto you the keys of the kingdom, that whatever you bind on earth shall be bound in the heavens, and whatever you loose on the earth shall be loosed in the heavens. Come on, somebody. I want you to know today that we're not just a bunch of weak and anemic human beings walking around on this planet and whatever happens happens the devil is a liar God has given us authority he has given us dominion and the kingdoms of God must rise up and begin to declare and begin to decree and speak the word of the Lord over our lives amen the woman at the, had the issue of blood Went, the Bible said she spent all that she had and instead of getting better, grew worse. Huh? We thank God for modern technology. We thank God for all that they do and all that they know to do. But my theory is, is if they can't help you, then they ought to leave you alone. Amen. And... The woman spent everything that she had going to physicians doing and she grew worse. She didn't have no more money to spend. Huh? She's probably running out of friends. Huh? Walk with me here. She's probably running out of friends because whenever you first get sick, you got a lot of friends. But you be sick for a little bit. Amen. And they start running out. But she didn't have any money. I don't know if she had any friends or not. But this is what I do know. She started saying something. And it gives indication in the scriptures that she didn't even say it out loud. She said within herself. <laughs> Amen. She said within herself. You see, you don't have to get everybody else in agreement with you. That's not the reason you say a thing. You say a thing because it becomes a declaration. Right? You say it because you de you're declaring it or decreeing it. But on this occasion, she did not even say it out loud. She said within herself, if I can touch the hem of his garment, I can be made whole. In other words, my miracle moment is going to come the moment that I touch the hem of his. She said something. Amen. She said something. She went against everything. She had spent everything. She had nothing to look forward to. She had nothing in her now that would suggest that anything was going to change. But she raised up by faith and she began to declare and decree something that didn't look nothing like what she was facing. And she said in herself, if I can touch the hem of his garment, sometimes in our life we've just got to rise 
rise up and say something. I know it doesn't look like it's going to happen. I know it doesn't look like it's going to shift. I know it doesn't look like nothing like what I'm about to say. But I am going to raise up and declare the decree. I'm going to speak the word of the Lord over my family, over my life, over my situation. I'm going to speak it because it is God's word for me. Amen. I'm going to speak it because it's God's word for me. Sometimes you just got to lay hands on your own self. Amen. Sometimes you just got to say, you know what? I don't have two or three to agree with me, so I'm just going to agree with me, Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. And I'm going to speak the word of the Lord. Be healed in the name of the Lord. Be delivered. My mind is being renewed and transformed by the word of the Lord. Every day I read his word, it is transforming me and changing my life. It's declaring and changing my speech. I am lining myself up with the word and the promise of God over my life. Amen. We begin to declare and we speak over our family. We speak over our situations. We declare those things that are not as though they were. Why? Because we believe the report of the Lord amen, amen. amen. believe the report of the Lord if you believe the report of the Lord then let the redeemed of the Lord say so amen. you gotta say something if the enemy can talk to you into being quiet then you, you, you think you well, some people think well there's no use for me to say something oh yes there is there's a use for you to say something. You've got to say something in your situation. Because let me tell you what I've come to understand is you remaining silent is, is an a, a understanding that you're in agreement with it. Amen. If Brother Greg here says something that I agree with, there's no need for me to say anything. I can just, I just say quiet and, and, and it's an assumption, huh? That I'm in agreement with you. But if he says something and, and, and you think I'm making this up, you can read it in Deuteronomy. <laughs> Amen? Whenever the father was in the house and the daughter came in and said a thing and he said, no, it's not so up in this house. And the Bible said if he had remained silent, it would have been legal or okay in the house. But whenever he said no, not only did it stop what she was saying, it said that it caused it to reverse the curse where the curse cannot come in the house. Glory to God. That's the power of saying something. And so if I'm in disagreement with Brother Greg, I say, no, no, that's not so. And so we've got to begin to rise up and let the redeemed of the Lord say so. Amen. Whenever they put all of this stuff, you know, we're, we're number one in a lot of things around here. We're number one in poverty. We're number one in drug addiction. We're number one in, 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 in all of these things that are negative, huh? And dysfunctional. 
But we've, somebody's got to rise up in this valley. Somebody's got to begin to rise up and begin to speak the word of the Lord and declare the word of the Lord. And, 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 and we can't just remain silent. We just can't be the silent majority. We've got to rise up and begin to speak what the word of the Lord has taught us and spoke to us. Because you see, the church has been taught in this culture that this is the place to be quiet. It's irreverent to get up and speak, clap your hands, shout. No, no, that's reserved for ball games. When you come to church, you remain quiet. You listen intently. And then you go home quietly and party there. No, that's called a funeral. Amen. That's called a library. Why we do come here to learn, that's not the only thing that we do. We come to agree with the word of God that is over our lives. Amen. And so therefore, we begin to agree with the word of the Lord. And, and you see, we, we, the church is a place not to be dead or to be quiet, but the church is a place to have some noise. Amen. 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 You say, well, I don't know about all of that. I do. Clap your hands, all you people. Amen. Amen. Clap your hands, all you people. But then he goes on and he says, Shout with a voice of triumph. He didn't say whisper. He didn't say do it so it don't bother your neighbor. He said, Shout with a voice of triumph. Can I tell you today that anywhere else in the world, it's interesting to me how we have double standards for things. Because when we, we have one standard for the church, but we got another standard for the sporting events. And I say sporting events and use that often because most people can relate to it. <laughs> right? But whenever you... you what I've noticed about sporting events, I don't even, Renee, she gets on to me sometimes because she says she'll come in the room where I'm at and I'm watching the game and don't have the volume on. She says, why, why don't you have the volume on? I said, I don't need the volume on to know what's going on. Amen. But David, if the volume is on, I don't have to stay in the room to know what's going on. I can go in the kitchen and get me a bologna, tomato, mayonnaise, heavy mayonnaise, and some cheese. Come on, somebody. Put a little salt on it. I know you're thinking about high blood pressure, but I'm not. And I can be in the middle of the refrigerator, and I can tell you if something has shifted in the game, especially if it's the home team. 
Because if the home team has made a shift, if they've, if they've intercepted the ball or if they've made a touchdown, I can tell that there's been a shift in the game by the sound that I'm hearing. Come on, somebody. And there has to be a shift in the body of Christ that has to say, I'm not going to sound like a funeral anymore. I'm not going to be a mausoleum. I'm not going to be confined to a library. But let the redeemed of the Lord say so. Clap your hands. Shout your shout. Rejoice because you see, the church must start saying something again. I said the church, we are the church and we've got to start saying something again because you see if we don't say a thing then everything that comes is just going to roll in on us but somebody's got to stand up when the enemy is coming in like a flood and they've got to rise up and say uh-uh, not in this house not in this place I'm taking authority over that right there I'm casting down that vain imagination right there I'm taking dominion over this and I'm going to stand my ground and I'm going to declare the word of the Lord over this situation. Amen. Because when the enemy came to Adam and Eve in the garden, he said, they, he asked a question. He said, has God said? Because he wanted to put the doubt in their mind that God ever said a thing because he knew that if they knew that God said it. Amen. Have you ever noticed when the enemy comes to you, he tries to put doubt in your mind of what God told you? He may have spoke to you in prayer. You may have felt it in time of worship. You felt it in a time of, of, of consecration, in a time of seeking his face. And you've heard the whispers of God. You've heard the, God speak into your life. And then the first thing, the enemy comes and he says, did God say that? You sure God said that? You sure you just didn't want, hoping that would happen? You sure you didn't just imagine it in your own mind? Because there's something about the word of God that when he says something about you or to you, when you have the word of God on something, you can speak it with authority. You can declare the word of the Lord. Amen. And then you take what God has spoken to you and you put that word in your mouth and you speak it out. And you start saying something. And you don't just change your confession because circumstances change. Amen. Anybody can shout on top of the mountain. But can you praise him in the valley? Can you declare the word of the Lord when all of hell is breaking loose against you? Can you make the same declaration? Huh? Yes, we can stand and shout, let the weak say I'm strong and the poor say I'm rich. When you got money in the bank and you're feeling like you could whip the devil with a switch, huh? But can you do the same thing walking through the valley of the shadow of death? Declare that he is my God and he is my strength and he is my helper. Amen. Don't change your confession because circumstances or situations have changed. Let the redeemed of the Lord say so even in the middle of your valley. Amen. Amen. I want to go to Luke chapter 2. Verse 1 through 6. 
Luke chapter 2, verse 1 through 6. And it came to pass in those days that a decree went out from Caesar Augustus that all the world should be taxed. And this census first took place while uh, Cornelius was governing Syria. So all went to be registered or taxed, everyone in his own city. Joseph also went from uh, Galilee out to the city of Nazareth into Judea uh, to the city of David, which is called Bethlehem, because he was of the house and the lineage of David. To be registered or taxed with Mary, his uh, spouse wife, who was with child. So it was that while they were there, the days were accomplished for her to be delivered. Amen. So it was that while they were there, the days were accomplished that she was to be delivered. Caesar understood that he had the power to decree a thing, and he understood the power of a decree. And he said everyone should be taxed. When he makes this decree, everyone and everything in his world that he has authority over begins to move. Everyone started going to their hometown to be taxed. It didn't matter how they felt about it, they had to do it. Because this was a decree that came from authority, right? And so they had to do it. This one decree got every person in his known world moving to the right place at the right time. And not only was people moving, but it got money moving. Right? And this decree was heard by Joseph and Mary. And so they too started moving, even though it wasn't the most opportune time. It wasn't the most pleasant time. It wasn't a time whenever it was convenient. Huh? Some are waiting on convenience. Some are waiting on the right time. <laughs> but how many know the right time is when the word is in your mouth? And he makes this decree... And now Mary and Joseph, here she is in her last trimester, days away from having a child. And, and we, could, we could talk about the fact that, that, that it wasn't a time, you know, of convenience. It wasn't a time of pleasure. This wasn't a pleasure trip. She's ready to have a child any day. And, and she don't look at Joseph and say, hey, Brother Joseph, don't you think it'd be a good time to have a donkey ride? It ain't on her mind about getting on no donkey, right? It isn't convenient, but the decree puts a demand upon it in such a way that they must start moving. Whenever God speaks a word to you, it is never in a convenient time. When God speaks a word to you, it isn't going to always be easy and it's not going to be a pleasurable ride. But the end result of where he takes you to is going to be very productive for your life. 
Amen. And so a lot of times we want to think, well, it's going to be pleasant. It's going to be pleasurable. But I want to tell you today that that's the culture of this day. That's the reason why that, that we see such a fallout in the American church. It's because everybody wants it pleasant. Everybody wants it easy. Amen. A long time ago, when I first started preaching, a, a pastor, a friend of mine, I preached for, and he, he told me something. He said that this, this, what's coming down to the American church is making it so easy, and he said it's going to destroy the American church. I thought, well, he's just a sour old man, but now, 35 years later, I realized he was a prophet. He was speaking to us. Why? Because we want it, and we want it our way. We want it like Burger King. Hold the pickle, hold the lettuce, lady, shut up, lady, don't upset us. We want it our way, right? But I'm thankful today that God isn't a Burger King God. Amen. He requires something of us. Come on. Amen. It's called a sacrifice of praise for a reason. It isn't convenience driven. And that's what, and I'm not, I'm not mad at nobody but the devil. But that's the reason why that some folk won't come to a church like this. They want to go to a church that will pacify them. They want to go to a church where they can get in and get out in 50 minutes. They want a church that don't challenge them. They want a church where I'll just go and drink coffee and eat donuts and, and say, well, aren't you good and I'm good and everybody's good. Let's just be good together. They don't have an altar call. They don't call for the repentance of man. But I want to tell you, if that's what you're looking for, you're up in the wrong church because I still believe in the conviction of the Holy Spirit. I still believe in the power of God that will speak into our lives. And in, I'm thankful for the conviction of the Holy Spirit. I'm thankful that he'll speak a word and to give me a declaration when it doesn't feel good, it isn't comfortable, but he pushes on me and says, this is what you need to do. This is what you need to change. This is what you need to share. This is what you need to say. Amen. This is what you need to say. And it will say it like Caesar did, it'll get everything in our world shifting and changing. Amen. She, Joseph and Mary, hears the declaration and they begin to move. There was a word over their life and there was a word in her womb. And somebody had to make a decree to get them in the right place at the right time. Amen. That somebody had to say something. You got to release the word that is in your mouth and say it and declare it. And when you do, it gets things moving in your world. Amen. When you say things, it'll either draw people to you or it will release people from you. There are some people you need to release. There's some people you need to say something and when you say it, it'll release them from your life and they need to go. But there's others that need to be drawn to you. And you releasing that word will draw those people into your life that are needed in your life. You say, well, what are you saying, Pastor? You, you, you're supposed to love everybody. I didn't say nothing about loving folk. 
I said, some people need to be removed from your life. There's some people, I said the other night, there's some people you just need to saturate with your absence. They're not good for you. Huh? I'll say it. They're not good for you. They've come into your life to extract from you and not to add to you. And all of us need a, a, a help every once in a while. But you can't be some, in a place where that there's constant drawing, constant uh, pulling, constant pulling down, constant doing all of these things. That cannot be good for your soul. It cannot be good for your spirit. There's got to be a time when you've built them up that they can run on their own. And if that does, it can send, continues to be a drag and a pull in your life, then you've just got to say something that releases them. She got to the right place to be delivered because of a decree from Caesar. It shows you the power of a decree. But it also shows you the culture Caesar was raised in. Amen. He was raised in a time when he knew the power of a decree. But he was also raised in a place where that he got involved in the military and he became in charge of some things and he knew what authority meant. Does anybody ever remember when we in America knew what authority meant? When you respected authority. The lack of authority and respect for authority is on display in our nation from the highest places in the land of the White House to the outhouse. Amen. And it's a shame, but it's a bloom payment that's come due on this nation. Amen. And we've seen all of this, this foolishness and this craziness that people don't respect authority. I don't have to listen to you. Huh? And parents don't demand respect. Preaching better than you're letting on today. We want to be our kid's friend. There'll come a time for that. But as long as you're up in this house, I'm going to be your daddy. Huh? It's quiet, but it's right. Amen. I'm going to be authority in this house. And because we, we, we have disrespect, I, I, I don't want to have nobody in mind. I don't, I'm not thinking about anybody, but I'm just saying this in general. You can see it not just in the church, but in, in the store, wherever. You see people throw fits. Little kids throw fits. Huh? And they, and they, they oh, Johnny, you know, you, you needed a Snickers bar. 
and we let them throw fits. Amen. You know what he's going to do next? He's going to go to school and he's going to throw a fit. Huh? And then he gets out of school or gets kicked out of school and then he gets a job and then he's going to throw a fit. And then he's going to get into a relationship, huh? And going to throw a fit. And, we, and, and it all boils back down to that we've, never, we've not been taught to respect authority. But how many know you don't have to agree with authority to respect authority? <coughs> right? There's been many times in my life when I didn't agree with those who had authority over me, but I did what I was told to do because they decreed, they said something, and I realized for me to be blessed, I had to obey what they said. Obviously, we're not talking about sin or doing something that's ungodly, no. But I'm talking about just a disagreement on how to do a thing. But yet we agree and say, yes, this is the way it's going to be because authority has said it. Amen. Glory to God. Caesar understood authority because he is a military man. And he's raised in a culture that understood the power of a decree and he understood the authority of a military. But the problem was, is even though he understood it, there was something paralyzed laying up in his house, his servant. Something that should have been moving isn't moving because it's paralyzed. Someone who should have been helping isn't helping because they're paralyzed. Amen. Jesus said, I'll come over to your house and I'll fix this. Most people have got excited and said, Jesus is coming to my house. But not this man. He said, thanks, but no thanks. He said, I, 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 I'm appreciative that you're willing to do it. But he said, I understand authority, Jesus. And he said, all you've got to do is speak a word. One word. He said, I understand authority. He said, I tell one to go and he goes. I tell another to come and he comes. I tell this one to do this and that one to do that. And they do it because I understand authority. And he said, all you have to do is stand right here in the middle of this road and speak one word. And if you will speak a word right here, that my servant will start moving over there. Hallelujah. I want to tell you today that that's the power of a spoken word. That whenever we say something here, it'll shift something over there. It will move something. That's the reason when we come in this house, we're not just coming here to go through some kind of spiritual calisthenics or some kind of religious ritual we are here to declare and decree a thing that when we open our mouth and begin to worship God and say let the weak say I'm strong and let the poor say I'm rich when we begin to declare the blessing of God over our home, over our family, over our life when we begin to declare and decree the goodness of God yes it may be paralyzed on the job it may be paralyzed at our house it may be paralyzed 
left at school. But what I'm doing right here in this place will affect everything in my house. It'll affect everything at work. It'll affect everything at school. And whatever has been paralyzed will rise up and begin to move because of the declare and the decree. That's the reason we have worship. That's the reason we have the word of God. That's the reason we declare a thing because God will bring it to pass. Somebody give him praise here today. This man said, Jesus, I'm not worthy for you to come to my house, but I know if you'll just speak a word. I believe that one word can change your entire life. You don't need the whole book. Yes, the whole book is good. But one word can change the whole trajectory of your life. It can shift everything in your life by just getting one word. Amen? Amen? He says, I'm a man under authority. When I say one thing, it happens. He recognized authority. He believed in authority. And Jesus spoke the word and paralysis came off of his servant. He said, I've never seen this kind of faith in all the house of Israel. <laughs> here I've had to come over here to this centurion to find this kind of faith. To have this kind of belief system. And if I just speak a word, it's going to cause paralysis to come off of his servant. My question to you today, what, what, is, what in your house is supposed to be productive? What in your life is supposed to be going on, but, but, but it's paralyzed? It's not functioning. It's not moving. It's not happening. What's the word of God over your life that is not taking place as it should? Because you see, what you say in one place will affect what is happening in another place. Amen. It's possible that your praise will change the things that are going on in your life. Because this is not a concert, it's not spiritual calisthenics, but this is where we declare the word of the Lord. Do you, do you pay attention to what you're saying when you're singing? Do you pay attention to what you're saying when you're praying, when, you're, when the word of the Lord is being released? Because you see, it's possible that your praise being released in this place will change things that are going on in your life. Amen. I know there's things outside of this room you can't fix. Amen. But if you lift up a praise, things in your life you have no control over. But if you just lift up a praise... If you give God glory, if you just open your mouth and say something, if you rejoice over the Lord, amen, and lifting up that praise, God will begin to move the things out of your way and into your place so that you can do what he has spoken over your life. Amen. You might have people in your family you can't get to, but the Holy Spirit can get to them. 
You may not be able to get them because of their place or the, or the space or where they may be. They may be in confinement. They may be in a, in a far state. They may be in a different country. But your praise will release the Holy Spirit. Amen. The, what did he say? He said a, a thousand shall uh, uh, come to, whenever one begins to agree together, he said a thousand are released. But if two come together in agreement, two thousand are released. Right? He is talking about the ministering angels that go to minister to the heirs of salvation. And what are they doing? Whenever we come into agreement over what we have decreed, then yes, there's a thousand release of angels that goes for that. But if I can get somebody else to agree with me for my lost family member, if I can get somebody else to agree with me for the healing in my body, if I can get, oh hallelujah, if I can get another person to agree with not just a thousand but 10,000 angels are released to go minister to the heirs of salvation. What I'm telling you is you've got to start saying something. You've got to start talking. You've got to start coming into agreement and declare the word of the Lord and say, come on, brother, if you'll agree with me for your, my son, I'll agree with you for your daughter. If you'll believe with me for my healing, I'm going to stand and declare your victory in your finances because we're in this together we're a family and we're going to fight the fight together and we're going to have victory in the name of Jesus hallelujah if we believe it give him praise here today amen you see there's faith that can be paralyzed there's hope but it can be paralyzed amen but I want to tell you that when we begin to release a decree, it will release the uh, the, 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 that that is paralyzed and cause it to begin to move again. You need to say something. <coughs> Amen. You need to say something. Let's look at Psalms chapter 2. David's in a time here. He says, why does the nations rage and the people plot vain things? The kings of the earth set themselves and the rulers take control to uh, counsel together against the Lord and against his anointed saying, let us break their bonds in, uh, in pieces and cast away their cords from us. He who sits on the heavens shall laugh. Tell me God doesn't have emotions. He who sits in the heavens laughs, and the Lord shall hold them in dress. Then he shall speak to them in his wrath and distress them in his deep displeasure. Yes, I have set my kings on my holy hill of Zion. And I will declare the decree the Lord has said to me. You are my son. Today I have begotten you. Kings have come together. Circumstance looks out of control. And David says, I know what I'm going to do. 
I'm going to declare the decree. The Lord has spoken over me. What are you going to do? I'm not going to agree with the kings. I'm going to agree with the higher authority. I'm going to agree with what God is saying over my life. This world gives us many opportunities to come into agreement with the negative, with the doubt, with the fear, with the trouble, with the natural realm. But we must tap into that which is spiritual. And we must declare the decree the Lord has spoken. Amen? Because when you hear the word of the Lord, then you speak the word of the Lord. And when you speak the word of the Lord, good things happen in your life. Amen. I want to look at Mark chapter 11. (coughs) Verse 22. So Jesus answered and said unto them, have faith in God. For surely I say unto you, whoever says to this mountain, be removed and cast into the sea, and does not doubt in his heart, but believe that those things he says will be done, he shall have whatsoever he says. Therefore I say to you, whatsoever things you ask when you pray, believe that you receive them and you will have them. Amen. I want to go back to part two of that, the second screen that you had. Surely I say to you, whosoever says to this mountain, amen? What does this mountain speak of? What does this mountain say to you? What do you think of when you think of a mountain? I submit to you that it's speaking here of the power of permanency. Huh? Can you see that? Who talks to mountains? Mountains are permanent. Mountains don't move. They're not mobile. They are where they are and they're always going to be there. And as I was praying this week and praying through this and, 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 and thinking about this, this is what the Lord said to me about this word mountain. He said there's people in their lives, they have mountains. They've come into agreement with it. They've come to say this mountain, this is the way it has been. This is the way it's always going to be. And this mountain is here. And so we've learned how to live with dysfunction. We've learned how to live with circumstances. We've learned how to live with things because it's a mountain and it will never change. It will never move. But Jesus comes and he says, look, he said, if you want things to move, if you want mountains to move, if you want circumstances to change, then you've got to start talking to your mountain." Say to the mountain, to the mountain, say to the mountain, move. You didn't know I was a rapper, did you? Say to the mountain, to the mountain, say to the mountain, move. Right? You got to get something up on the inside of you that looks at the mountain 
and you say to the mountain of impossibility, the mountain of permanency, the mountain that doesn't look like it's ever going to change. Maybe your mountain is sickness. Maybe your mountain's of financial stress. Maybe your mountain is, is family issues. Maybe your mountain, I don't know, whatever your mountain is, but I've come up in here today to tell somebody, if you'll get the word of God in your mouth and look at that mountain Zerubbabel and say it's not by might nor by power but it's by the spirit ah it's by the spirit of the living God if you begin to speak to your mountain and tell your mountain you've got to get up from here and you've got to move it's about to shift and you begin to declare it but you don't just begin it you declare it until you see it come to pass you speak it until it becomes fulfilled you declare the word of the Lord over your situation until everything in your body lines up with the word of God. You speak it over your finances until the promise of God comes to pass. You talk to that mountain, amen, until that mountain of your whole family, you and your whole house is being saved until you have family revival, until you come in in the burning of your soul, until there's a move of God that is unshakable, unmovable, irresistible and you say this is what I've lived my whole life for I want to tell you this isn't what I've lived my life for my God I'm looking for something greater I'm looking for something stronger I'm going to speak to the mountain of this culture and say we're not going to be a quiet church we're not going to be a church that's deaf nor dumb but we're going to there's a body in the earth that's going to declare the decree the supernatural signs and wonders the miracles of God the voice of God will be heard in our land and the mountain shall be moved amen the mountain shall be moved I said the mountain shall be moved <laughs> I know I'm white maybe you can help me <laughs> But I just have to say it again. Say to the mountain, to the mountain. Say to the mountain, move. <laughs> say to the mountain, to the mountain. Say to the mountain, move. Say to the mountain, to the mountain. Say to the mountain, move. Come on. Say to the mountain, to the mountain. Say to the mountain, move. You've got to get something up inside of you that believes even though the mountain's been there for years and centuries and generations that this is the time for that mountain to get up and to start moving. Glory to God. And if you'll speak to that mountain, God will cause it to shift. Amen. God will cause it to shift. Huh? But as long as we're quiet and submissive, oh, oh, you've heard me say it many times, it's hee-haw religion. Gloom and despair and agony on me. Oh, what am I going to do? Oh, it's happening again. Oh, 
If you don't like your now, then change what you've done in your past. I'm going to say it again. If you don't like your now, change what you've done in your past. Because we are, people try to make it so super spiritual and mystical. But I want to tell you that we are where we are right now because of decisions and choices we've made in our past. Amen. For the good or for the bad. But whenever I begin to believe the word of the Lord and begin to speak the word of the Lord, then things begin to shift. Amen. Hallelujah. I'm almost done. I think. Since y'all didn't like my rapping, we'll try something else. You know, I'll just share this with you, just something. You can't just align yourself with things that come into your life just because they're there doesn't mean they have to stay. And... And I'll just share this little thing with you. It's nothing unto death or nothing like that. But the doctors, they've, they've declared and they say there's things that I have. That, and, they, and they say that. And, I, and they've said it for some time. But I've never one time said when somebody puts me in a position where I have to answer them, I will tell them this is what the doctors say. But I can't tell you how many people I've went to pray for and they, they talk, they'd say something like this, my, I want you to pray for my cancer, my high blood pressure, my this and my that. Now it ain't mine. I'm not going to get that comfortable with it because you can't you can't get rid of anything that you that you're petting. Amen. I mean, you can't get rid of a cat that you're petting. You can't get rid of a dog that you're petting. You can't get rid of a devil that you're petting. Huh? A habit that you're petting. You can't get rid of a sickness that you're petting. When you start naming it, it's about to stay around a while. Huh? And I'm not saying that to try to, oh, super spiritual. No, I don't think I'm super spiritual. But I refuse to align myself with even though it looks like the facts are there, but I've got truth. Are you walking with me? Yes, I don't deny the facts, but I deny the right for the facts to stay. And I've got a truth that said, I am the Lord God who has healed you, who heals all of your infirmities, who heals all of your diseases. He was wounded for my transgressions. He was bruised for my iniquity. The chastisement of my peace was upon him. And by his stripes. Amen. So I want to I wanna make some declarations here today. Is that all right? 
Y'all wouldn't rap with me, so we're going to declare some things. Stand with me if you can. Hallelujah. I should have gave these to them to put on the board. But I want you to come into agreement with me on a couple of things. Is that all right? Then I want to pray for some things. I want to make a couple of decrees, declarations. Number one is this. Everything in my life is finding its appointed place. Amen. Everything in my life is finding its appointed place. Let's say that together, can we? Everything in my life is finding its appointed place. Let's say it again. Everything in my life is finding its appointed place. If you believe it, give him praise today. Everything under my roof is moving toward blessing. Everything under my roof, hallelujah. Everything under my roof is moving toward blessing. Let's say it together. Everything under my roof is moving toward blessing. I feel something right there. Hallelujah. Can you feel that? If you feel that, you come into agreement. Let's say it again. Everything under my roof is moving toward blessing. Come on, let's give him praise for it now. Everything I need is moving toward me everything I need is moving toward my direction let's say it that way everything I need is moving toward my direction everything I need is moving toward my direction let's say it strong everything I need is moving toward my direction one more time. Everything I need is moving toward my direction. Let's praise him right there. Hallelujah. Everything I need. Hallelujah. Come on, I need somebody with some voice to say hallelujah. hallelujah. Glory to God. Yes. Okay, are you ready? Everything that needs to go is going, and everything that needs to come is coming. Huh? You like that? Everything that needs to go is going, and everything that needs to come is coming. <laughs> Hallelujah. Let's say it strong together. Everything that needs to go is going, and everything that needs to come is coming. <laughs> Hallelujah. Everything. Everything. In my life that's not like God. Everything in my life that's hindering me. Everything that's holding me back is going. And everything I need is coming. Amen. One more. <laughs> Hallelujah. Let's 
Let's try this. Everything paralyzed in my life is being healed. Everything in my life is being healed. Everything that the enemy has come and paralyzed. Everything of bad teaching or bad thoughts or things that have been placed over my life that has paralyzed me, that has caused me limitation, that has caused paralysis to come. Everything paralyzed in my life is now being healed. Glory to God. Let's say it together. Everything paralyzed in my life is being healed. Everything paralyzed in my life is being healed. Let's give him praise for it right there. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Lord, we release more than just words, but we release decrees today. We declare your word over our situations and over circumstances of our life. And God, as we release these words today, God, in these declarations today, we believe, God, that you're at work. Your Holy Spirit is moving and you will bring it to pass. God, I love you today. I thank you today. Hallelujah. Amen. Well, I want to pray for a couple of things today.